Hello there. Welcome back to We'll Laugh About This Tomorrow. Have you guys missed me? I know I've missed doing this. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, things got rough. We turned into the COVID family for a little bit there. Uh, and then nobody had symptoms, but we all had to stay home. And then when we say, oh, we're good, then we end up getting symptoms. Well, two of us did. So yeah been a rough couple weeks my work schedule changed too so that's kind of been rough not much to complain about there but you know it's it's hard to work a 12-hour shift and then you know plan on doing this on your day off and all you want to do is relax but anyways let's get into it episode seven so a lot of stuff has been going on um like i said we got covid my family got covid um my mother-in-law ended up testing positive, then we tested the, the boys and ourselves. I ended up going to an urgent care, and I tested positive at the urgent care on the rapid test. And then uh, both my, or no, just one of my kids, I lied, just one of my kids tested positive, my youngest, and was, was a four-year-old. And he, he, he didn't really get like crazy symptoms, he was just like not a four-year-old for two days. Like, he was just, like, real tired and cuddly, and, and he slept for, like, 10 hours one night. So, other than that, like, he was, you know, pretty fine. Didn't really get a fever or anything like that. And then my wife, uh, I don't remember if she tested positive or negative, but I tested positive. But I told her I tested negative because she was already freaking out and stressing about it all. And I'm like, well, if I don't have symptoms, I'm not going to really bring it up. And... So then I had to come home from work and then my work called me and, you know, stuff's getting crazy at work and they, and they need, you know, need me to be there. And they're like, you feel fine? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I feel fine. I don't have any symptoms. And they're like, okay, can you come to work? I'm like, sure. If you guys would let me have come back to work, I'll go to work. So then I ended up going back to work cause I was asymptomatic, didn't have any symptoms, but I was positive. Um, and then, and then I worked that week and then when I got back home and then my first day off, after that week, it, like, hit me, like, on a Tuesday. So, like, two days. I, had, I have three days off. So, on my second day, I kind of felt crappy that night. And then the third day, it was just kind of blah. And then towards the end of the third, my third day off, I was like, oh, man, I think I'm getting sick. Like, my throat was starting to hurt. And I was just, like, feeling real, like, tired and lethargic. So I was like, ah, whatever, I'll go in. So when I woke up in the morning, like, I felt pretty shitty. But I knew as, like, I knew as long as I was there and, and everybody showed up, like, I, I wouldn't have to work as hard. So I ended up going to work. And in the morning meeting with my guys, they're all, like, staring at me. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. And they're like, bro, you look like a ghost. Like, you're super pale. You should probably get out of here. And I'm like. Yeah, maybe I should. So I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll go. I'm going to go home. So then I went home. Um, was I pretty much slept. I remember coming home. I got back home at like 5.30 a.m., fell asleep. Uh, didn't wake up till about 7 p.m. Uh, my wife said she had a check on me. She's like, I don't know. You were sleeping forever. Fell asleep. At, or woke up at 7 p.m., ended up eating the dinner that she made, and then I went right back to sleep at like 8.30. So I was like up for like maybe an hour and a half. And then I woke up the next morning at like 8.30 p.m. 
Actually, I woke up at 4 a.m. so I could call into work, or 3 a.m., 3.30. And and then I fell asleep, woke up at like 8 o'clock, like 8.30. And I was like, oh, I feel pretty good. I don't, I don't feel half bad now. So then I uh, ended up going to work late. I got at work at like 11 o'clock and ended up working, you know, finishing out the day and came back home. And just like each day was better and better. The worst part was just I was so lethargic, like so tired all the time. Anytime I sat down at my computer, my desk and my computer at work, like I'd start doing something and immediately, 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 <laughs> immediately, I my eyes would start getting all drowsy, like droopy, and, and I'd feel drowsy. And, and I was like, man, so I kept having to like get up and like, you know, go go around my site and do stuff just to like keep myself like awake. And it was rough, and it's still kind of lingering. Like, like uh, I'll be doing something, and then as soon as I'm done, it's like I just used all my energy for the day. Uh, my boss went through the same thing, and my boss did the same thing. He's like, yeah, I did the dishes, and then I was, like, exhausted. Like, I just worked a, you know, a 15-hour day. And that's how I felt. Like, anytime you did one thing, you'd be fine while you're doing it, but as soon as you stop, it's like it just hits you. Like, you've been doing that, that one thing that took 30 minutes like you've been doing it the whole day so yeah that's that's i don't even know if i had COVID at this point because i took a i took an at-home test and i was negative at that home test so i don't even know if it was technically COVID. if i had the flu i know the at-home test i've heard both things that they're really really accurate and i've also heard that they're not accurate at all so who knows if i even had it still i'm sure i i'm sure i did i know like usually when you test positive like you could be positive for up to three months or something like that so whatever um yeah and then and then the day that i went back to work when i went into work late i could i get home that day from work and then my wife's sick she's same thing sore throat and she just wants to sleep so then she's like that for two days and hers hers actually lingered a little bit more than mine she she probably lasted like five days just like tired not tired tired not tired uh she just told me like this past sunday that she like finally felt like you know normal amount of energy so yeah, we've been going through all that, and um, you know, just making sure the kids are safe and everybody's getting healthy. Uh, it was a little rough there for a sec, so you know, I kind of had to postpone. I had a guest lined up, and I had to postpone the guest, and and then I was just so busy and focused on doing other things. Uh, my work schedule got switched to twelve-hour shifts for the next six to eight weeks, so I'm gonna be working long days which is essentially a 14-hour day for me since I have a 45-minute drive to work. Uh, yeah, so yeah, exciting stuff. Um, the NFL playoffs have been absolutely insane. Every single game has been nuts. Uh, like the semifinal games to go to the NFC Championship game, like those games were nuts. The KC-Buffalo game was absolutely bonkers in my opinion. Uh Josh Allen, that dude is a—he's a bad man. Like he is going to make that—he's going to get that franchise to the Super Bowl one year. I—I I, I can't see how he won't. Um, Patrick Mahomes is just too damn good, and you give that guy very little time on the clock, and he will get his team into position to win. That play before it was a fourth down, and they were like I think like twelve yards out from from the end zone and KC thought they were going to go for it was like fourth and one they thought they were going to go for the fourth down just get the first down 
And at least that's what it looked like to me. I'm not like a super expert on football, but it looked like they were going to just try to go for the fourth down in case he thought that too. So as soon as they snap the ball, like Josh Allen just throws a strike right down the middle and boom, touchdown. So then they take the lead, a three-point lead, with 13 seconds left on the clock. And old Patrick Mahomey gets the ball and marches him down to field goal range in 13 seconds. If he had another five seconds, I guarantee you he probably would have got a touchdown. And if he didn't, it wouldn't have mattered because then they would have been able to kick the field goal and go to in, and go to overtime. And then the overtime happens, and Mahomes just takes it over, makes it his ball game, and, and wins his game. And then the freaking Rams and Buccaneers, like, they have a, a crazy game. The Rams shouldn't have won that game. Like, I, I, like I'm a fence-sitting team. My fence-sitting team is the Rams. Like, I want the Rams to win it all. And, like, they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have beat Brady and the Buccaneers. Like, they fumbled and fumbled and fumbled and turned over. They should have never been able to get climb back into it and win that game. But they did. They won it by a field goal at the end, which was nuts. And it's ended up being uh, Tom Brady's last game in the NFL. So that's pretty nuts. Uh, of course, you know, you want to retire on a high and, and get to the Super Bowl and win it and then retire. But, you know, he officially announced it, and that's it. In my opinion, the guy's the GOAT. Seven rings. Nobody's got, you know, seven rings. So say what you will, but, you know, numbers and that kind of thing don't lie. And the guy's won seven times, seven, seven Super Bowls. And then you go to uh, the old Bengals and Chiefs. And good old Joe Burrow. That guy is a stud. He gets, and week 17 or I think it was week 17. Week 17, they played, Bengals-Chiefs played. And it was almost identical. They were down by 14, and and then they came back and won it. And in this NFC or AFC championship game, they were down by 11 at the half, and then they came back 21 unanswered points, and then Mahomes ties it with, at the end with a you know field goal, marches them down, gets a field goal range, kicks the – Gets the three points, goes to overtime, and then throws an interception. I mean, in my opinion, not really throws an interception. It got tipped, and then Cincinnati grabbed the ball, and I mean, that was a wrap. That was the game right there. They got into field goal position, kicked the field goal, boom, Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Now, on the other side of things, that game was nuts. Went to overtime. Like almost all the all these games that have been crazy and going to overtime, and then you got. Uh, the Rams and Niners and that game was freaking nuts and up and down emotionally and no matter what team you're going for like you were it was all over the place and then Stafford gets it done Cooper Cup is fucking amazing and we got Cincinnati and the Rams in the Super Bowl and I think it's going to be rad I think it's going to be a good Super Bowl the way these playoffs have been like there's no way that this Super Bowl is just a dud (laughs) like I, I can't see it happening and then uh the halftime show is gonna be awesome uh, in LA. First time the the one of the teams in the Super Bowls is hosting it in their stadium, so that's pretty cool. I know everybody wanted to see Niners Bengals because that was the very first Super Bowl that happened, but eh, whatever. So yeah, all that going on, fun stuff, and 
I wanted to talk about some stuff, and it kind of skipped my mind there for a second. Oh, uh, so I was in my my um, NA group uh, earlier this week, and they were talking about how you got started, like how how people get started on narcotics and stuff like that. And there was a doctor that ooh, there was a doctor that joined this um, this chat. And we were talking about, one guy brought up a question like, has anybody ever hallucinated while going through withdrawals on whatever drug they were on? And it was crazy to hear stories. And then it like made stuff in my mind, like come back up, like, oh man, like I do kind of remember like hallucinating when going through withdrawals just because like you just think of weird things or your mind goes in weird places because it's, it's fiending for the, the narcotic that it's missing. And this doctor was talking about how when, pretty much like I just said, when your body is, is missing something that it's had for such a long period of time, it tries to distract your brain from feeling the physical pain of withdrawal. So you'll start having these, you know, maybe two, three minute hallucinations where if it, it's it's not mentally resting you like you you're still feeling like shit in a way but it's so hard to explain the way he explained it was so much better and i know i'm gonna butcher this but he was pretty much saying that like your brain takes you to break your brain takes you somewhere else so that way you're not in the moment of feeling like crap and i remember i i had it was like a while ago like not recently but i remember i was going through a draw once so going through withdrawal once and it was like really bad it was like the third or fourth day of withdrawal which is like the worst day where it's like almost out of your system because it's like as the stuff gets out of your system the more and more it's out of your system the shittier you feel so like usually around the fourth day third day fourth day depending on you know everybody's different with opioids they'll you'll that's like third fourth day is like top withdrawal like the worst part and I remember being like the fourth day, couldn't sleep because you can't sleep when you're going through withdrawals. And I remember, I remember being in my bathroom and I was taking a shower because showers like help for temporary relief. And I remember I got out of the shower and I, I don't think anybody saw me or anything, but I remember staring at the wall and like thinking, thinking I was like talking to somebody or like grabbing something from somebody and I and I ripped the the towel hanger like you know the little bar with the two end caps for your towels and I ripped it out of the wall because I thought somebody was handing me something and I took it as like oh, okay and I like ripped it off the wall and I didn't think anything of it like I, I don't even really remember it until this this these stories came up at, in the NA group and I remember thinking back to him, like, that's why I had to fix that thing in the next morning. And I, I started laughing. I'm like, that's so funny because people, like, probably go through stuff like this all the time. And when I started thinking back, like, I've gone through withdrawal a lot, but usually I'm I'm always able to find something within the first, you know, day and a half. So I don't, I'm never really at peak withdrawal. And... It's crazy to think like how bad that can be for some people like to have to go through it every time because they, you know, they get they get a certain amount of stuff and they know they don't get paid until this date 
So they have to make it last, and then they just have that one day where they're like, oh, I'll take a little bit more, you know, and then that screws up not having enough when you're waiting for payday. And that's usually why you end up going in withdrawal. At least for me, that was a lot of a lot of the times was because I, I took too much of whatever I had to, you know, feel a little bit better or more high than bef- than usual because I deserved it. And then I would go into withdrawal because, you know, I didn't have payday until this date and I ran out two days before. And, yeah, so, I mean, I, that's... I know that's real similar with a lot of people because in this NA group, people talked about that too. And um, we also talked about how how similar every addict's story is, no matter the drug, you know, meth, coke, opioids, whatever, alcohol, uh, not so much alcohol because narcotics group, but like everybody's story usually either starts with they tried it like out of peer pressure or because everybody was doing it. They tried it because they had an injury or a surgery or something like that, and they got them prescribed to them when it comes to opiates. Uh, with cocaine, it, it was always a party drug. I've done cocaine before, and it was, it was always a party drug to me. Like I never did cocaine unless I was partying. Um, and then meth was always like one of those things where you, you either meet the wrong people and you try it the one time and then you get hooked and it's but it's 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 not i mean it's not funny but it's it's peculiar how everybody ends up being the same and with opioids i think that is the the number one thing doctors over prescribing and i was talking to my wife the other night about how i lived through the era of of pill mills and doctors not knowing a lot about prescriptions so just over prescribing and the oxycontin you know epidemic of you know them them pushing those pills so hard for doctors to prescribe them and they would get bonuses if you ever get a chance watch the show dope sick on hulu it, it it will open your mind to the whole opioid epidemic it's pretty nuts and it's pretty spot on but like i lived through that era like the like early 2000s to you know 2010s 2012s like i think like 2013 is when it started getting kind of rough to get pain pills our doctors were more aware of the uh addictive personalities properties addictive properties of opioids because when i remember when i first had my very first knee surgery like you get you get pills so easy you'd be like oh yeah my knees hurt and even without an mri or anything they'd be like okay here you know here's 100 norco you know and i never i never got I never tried Oxy until later on when I had bought it. I never got it prescribed from doctors because from what I've seen and on document documentaries and stuff like that is you got to have like a pretty serious injury to get Oxycontin after like the first two years when it came out. But that stuff was like literally just straight up heroin in pill form. And, but like everybody with opioids, I, I, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I'd probably say 80% of people that get hooked on opioids is because they had a surgery or something happened to them where they got prescribed it, and then it was just down that road. Ended up, you know, buying pills when they could, and then ended up switching to heroin because it's cheaper, and there you go. Now you're addicted for, you know, years on end. I'm not going to sit here and speak on other drugs besides opioids, but 
I'm sure it's similar like that. You once you do it, and then it leads to something else, or it leads to the worst thing, and you either you either have a support system or you don't. I'm lucky enough to where I had a support system, and I had somebody that was able to give me a re- reality check and say, "Get your shit right, or you're not gonna have any. You know, you're not gonna have anybody in your life anymore." And a lot of people don't have that. Some people have to, you know, check themselves and be like. Like, I'm fucking up, I need to get myself in rehab, or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. And I actually know somebody like that. I know that somebody was strong enough to, you know, realize what they had done and and got themselves in rehab before it gotten any worse, you know, after already being addicted to this substance for X amount of years, months, whatever. And it's crazy how many people have similarities or things in common with you that you wouldn't understand unless... Either they said something or you said something and they go, oh, you know what, dude, like I kind of went through something similar and it, and it's good because it kind of takes like uh, a little bit of stress off your shoulders or, or relief, you know, when people like that come forward and, and, and are able to be strong enough to talk to you about it. And if anybody that you know is an addict or you, you know, possibly think they're an addict, the, the best thing you can do is support them and and be there uh, for them when they need to talk to you because it could mean the, the difference of them going and getting high again and overdosing and dying or them going to get help. And, you know, you could save a life just by talking to somebody one time. Uh, so with that said, uh, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. I bought a new car, by the way. Uh, I had a little Chevy Sonic, and it was stick shift, because I was like, oh, I want to buy a stick shift. Like, stick shifts are fun to drive, you know? And now that I'm sober, (laughs) driving a stick shift with my knee that's had three surgeries on it isn't ideal. We, uh, like, it was no big deal, you know, driving to and from work, because it had cruise control, so it wasn't that big a deal. But we had a big snowstorm, and they closed one of the freeways that allow people to get to L.A., and it cro- it's crosses with my freeway like a T intersection. So they closed that freeway, and so people from uh, an area that were going that way couldn't get that way. So then they took my way home, and that caused, like, the most insane traffic I've ever been in in my life. I got off work at 3 o'clock. I got to, like, the like official no more gas station spot on on my freeway and I was there at 3:30 I got 2 miles down the road uh by 6:30 and then and then I got another you know 15 miles or so by 7 4 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock ish and and then I they finally I was finally able to get around the little bullshit that they had been doing on the freeway they were doing like road work when they knew that like millions of people were trying to go this way and I got home at like nine o'clock so I was in my car with a stick shift going one miles an hour two miles an hour stop and go stop and go with a stick shift from 3 30 to 8 30 and I was like I will never do that again I'm like, I need to sell this car and get myself an automatic so I don't have to deal with that ever again because that was the worst thing ever. Like, it felt like I had done, like, a million squats. Like, my thighs were, like, burning. Every time I, like, stopped or had to push the clutch in, my thighs were just burning. 
I got to the point where I just put it in first gear and I would let people, sorry about that. <laughs> I would put it in first gear and like let the car in front of me get so far ahead that I could just let out the clutch and let first gear just like put me up to that person so I could have time to just like let my legs sit there without having to touch the clutch. Like it was, it was the worst, absolute worst. And I was like, uh, I took this, this back way and it was double yellow lines. And I kept every chance I got, I would get out and like just go ahead a, mil a bunch of cars, like 15, 20 cars at a time. And people were honking at me and getting mad. And I never understood why I'm like, I'm like, why the hell are you honking at me? It's double yellow. Like I'm allowed to pass people on the right. Like you're just mad because you're not thinking of it. And I want to get home and you guys are all going to who knows where I, I would bet my you know paycheck that you're not going to attach me where i live you're probably going past it so f off that annoyed me so bad but yeah so i i put my sonic up for sale i had actually already had it up for sale but when i like actually like got serious and like blue book because i put it at like kind of a, a little bit of outrageous price for it just to see if anybody would bite but then when i actually lowered the price to what it was worth at like 200 dollars over what it was worth I had like a bunch of people hit me up and I didn't think I'd sell that fast. And then, uh, some guy hit me up right when I was leaving work one day and I was like, sweet, I'll meet you right now. And so I met him at like a little, uh, that spot I had mentioned, like where no more gas stations are. Like I met him right there and he's like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll give you this much for it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, sweet deal. I'm like, but I live in Tatchby and he's like, okay, we'll follow you. So he followed me all the way home. I cleaned out my shit out of the car and gave me cash, gave him the pink slip and, said see you later so then uh so that was that was um uh saturday my last day of work anyways so or no it wasn't it wasn't it was it was a thursday so i had two more days of work so friday and saturday i drove the wife's car because they were home with the sick sickness part of the stuff and i was looking for cars like i wanted to get like i wanted to get something nice like something comfortable and nice that I could drive every day and like not be like uncomfortable sitting in, you know, that instance of, you know, seven hour traffic if I had to. So I was looking at, you know, BMWs and Lexuses and Audis and a bunch of foreign cars. And I was doing a bunch of research and this and that and uh, talking to people that, you know, had these cars and whatnot. So I had like a bunch, I had a bunch of BMW, uh, 328i's which you know everything i researched people were saying those if you're going to get one for a commuter that would be the car you'd want for a commuter because the other ones aren't really made for you know driving long distances every day so i was like okay bmw 328i's i'll look at those and then uh audi a4s audi tt's uh were two cars that were good for you know commuters and then Lexus IS250s were good for commuters too. And I think that was about it. And then I looked, I had, I had looked at a bunch of Honda Civics just because I had one before and it was like comfortable enough and was a good little car. Um, but the one that is good and as a car is stick. So I was like, if I could find one that's clean enough with low mileage and it's automatic, like maybe I'll just get another Honda Civic. So that Sunday, my first day off, I told the wife, I'm like, let's go to L.A. There's a bunch of cars I want to look at. Well, you know, we'll get lunch down there, whatever, and then come back, and hopefully I'll find a car. So I had lined up three BMWs, 
one Audi and one Lexus. So we go straight to the first BMW and uh, I get down there in LA. I get down there, I meet the guy and I'm like, okay, I'm like, this thing's like perfect. And it really was like, it was like super clean, no dents, no scratches, uh, like had nice rims on it, get inside, interiors nice, not damaged or nothing, like bone stock, stereo, all that stuff. So you could tell like nothing really has been done to it. Uh, I started up, starts really easy. I put it in drive, no like, no jerk when it goes into drive. I'm like, okay, cool. So we take off and I'm with this guy and he, it was like a, um, it was a like Mexican, Mexican dude. So he, he kind of broke like, like spoke broken English. So I go and I'm driving. I'm like, oh, it drives smooth. He's like, oh, yeah, I drive it every day. It's good. It's good. And the first stop sign I get up to, I go to turn right. And as soon as I turn right, it's like, click, 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 click. Like makes all these clicking sounds when you turn. I'm like, oh, gosh. So I tell him, I'm like, oh, what's that sound? And he's like, oh, no sound. No sound. It sound it's good. It, it, it drives good. I'm like, yeah, it drives good straight, you know. <laughs> so then I make a left-hand turn and same thing. Click, 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 click. And I'm like, oh, geez. So I just, you know, make a big circle real quick and come back to where we were. And I'm like, yeah, you don't know what that sound is in the front? And he's like, no. He's like, no, no sound. I don't hear no sound. Like, it's good. It's good. I'm like, yeah, dude, like, your either your CV joints or your CV axle, I don't know what it is on the BMWs, but, like, but something up there is either, uh, like, broken, missing, or, you know, just needs to be replaced. I'm like, I'm not trying to buy something that I immediately have to take to the shop and dump money in or spend a bunch of hours working on myself. So he's, and I was like, I, I was like, I'll, I'll let you know, like, you know, if, if maybe I'm like, let me look up the price of stuff and I'll let you know. So the guy's like, okay, well, I've got to go to work. Da, 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 da. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So then we go look at uh, the, well, an Audi A4 next. So then we head to this place, like it was like 20 minutes from where we were. So we head over to this place where this Audi A4 is. And I get out, and the same thing. I'm like, oh, this thing's nice. Like, it's no scratches, no dents. Like, it's pretty clean. Uh, I get inside. The interior's like, the interior's like a little rough. Not like super bad, but like just needs to be cleaned. Maybe like a couple little like things cleaned or replaced. And then he comes out, uh, or like the guys tell me, he's like, yeah, I just rebuilt the whole engine. And he showed me all the receipts and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, well, let's take it for a drive. So we pull out, take it for a drive. And it's and I didn't know, but it was lowered, like it's lowered. So the first like little bump we hit, it's like boom, like I could just feel it in my ass. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, is this thing lowered? And he's like, Oh, I don't know, man. Like I flipped cars, I just bought it and rebuilt it because I got a good deal on it. And like I've drove it a few few past few days I've been driving it. And I'm like, Oh, okay, like, you know, whatever. So like it drives good, it ships good, doesn't click and clack when you turn it. And He's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, so the only thing, he's like, I need it. I need these monitors to set, and, like, it has to be driven a bunch for the monitors to set. So I'm like, okay, and I've dealt with this before in other cars, so I knew what he was talking about, and I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, uh, like, okay, I'll let you know what's up, and he's like, no rush, man. He's like, do what you got to do. Like, I'm not in a rush to sell it, so, you know, he's like, if I don't hear from you, no worries. So I was like, okay, so then I get in the car with the wife, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's just, if it wasn't lowered, I probably would have bought it. And, like, driving to driving to Bakersfield to work every single day with a lowered car. And, yeah, that would not be fun. So, that one's a no. 
So then uh, one of the other guys in the BMW ends up saying that he can't meet. And then the uh, other guy with the BMW is on the way home in Santa Clarita. So I'm like, okay, like, screw it. Like, let's go get lunch. And then we'll just head home and uh, look look at, look at the one in Santa Clarita. So we go to Chili's, just eat some food real quick. Wasn't that great, of course, because it's Chili's, but whatever. And then as we're heading out, one of the guys I had messaged uh, earlier hits me up and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm available right now. And he was like 10 minutes from Chili's. So we're like, okay, screw it. We'll go look at it. So same thing as the first one. Perfect BMW, clean inside and out. Uh, I pop, I, I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, He's like, yeah, I just bought it. I flipped cars, and da, da da da. So he couldn't have much to tell me about it, which is kind of a bad thing. To, like, it's annoying because, you know, like you kind of want the person that's selling it to be the owner that's had it for at least a year, so they can tell you things about it. Like if it's doing this or that. And so that's two in a row that, it's just some guy that's flipping cars. So he's like, yeah, he's like, I've had it parked for parked here for like a week. I haven't driven it in a while, and I'm like, okay. So I pop the pop the hood. And as soon as he starts it, like, starts smooth, and then, like, s- slowly I start seeing smoke. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, that smells like oil. And then I'm like, hey, can you rev it up real quick? And he revs it. And as soon as he revs it, a bunch of smoke comes from the bottom and, like, just smells like oil, just burning oil on the exhaust or something. I don't know. And I'm like, I'm like, dang, I'm like, how long has it had a leak? And he's like, oh, I don't know, man. Like I, like I said, I just bought it. I haven't driven it that much. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, I don't want to waste your time. Like, I don't even want to drive it. Like, I'm, I don't want to buy anything that I got to put a bunch of money into. And he's like, oh, okay, no worries. So then we head out, and the guy in Santa Clarita uh, messages me back. And he's like, yeah, I can meet you in, like, 45 minutes. I'm like, perfect. We're, like, 45 minutes away. And and then he writes me, and he's like, yeah, you got the pink slip, and, like, your car's good and everything. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you want to trade, right? And I'm like, no, I want to buy your car with cash and he's like oh shit okay cool uh and then he's like well just to be honest like i need it needs to be smogged and uh one of the o2 sensors it like needs to be replaced to make it past smog i'm like okay well we can make a deal like we'll see what's up like let me let me look at the car first and he's like okay cool so we meet at this gas station in santa clarita and I tell him, it's like literally like, it says it's like 0.5 mile from his house. So he, he comes to the gas station and when he pulls in, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this guy wanted so much money for this car and it was beat to shit. Like the whole passenger side was like dented in and scratched all the way down. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like why do, why do people want so much money? Like why do they think their car is gold when the whole fucking side of it is like totaled in, in a sense? So then he pulls up and I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Like. I look at the car and whatnot, and the interior is just trashed. Same thing as the outside, just trashed. Like cup holders are like broken off. Like, just looks like shit. And I and I just I just like just to be friendly and not a dick. I'm like, I'm like okay. Like so, what needs to be done to it? And blah blah blah. blah. And he's like this this and this. And I'm like okay. I'm like well, let me you know talk to let me do some research and talk to my friend uh, that knows BMWs and like see how much it's gonna cost and all this and and I'll make you a deal or whatever. So he's like, okay, cool. And then we head out. We leave, and we're just like, screw it. We're going home. And and then the guy messaged me from the Santa Clarita one, and he's like, oh, like, this is all it needs. Like, he starts sending me, like, pictures of it. He went to Pet Boys and got the pictures of the codes that it was having. 
and all the codes are like misfire, uh, O2 sensor, cat sensor, like all these just like big red flags. So I tell the guy, I'm like, okay, uh, like I don't want to buy your car. I'm like, but let me see how much all this stuff is going to cost and maybe I can make like a deal because maybe I could. Maybe I could get the car for like, you know, two grand or something because it had low miles and get the body work done and spend spend the whole amount of my budget on just making the car perfect. Like maybe that might be something I'd want to do. But I mean, in the back of my head, it's not something I wanted to do at all. So I was like, I wasn't even leading the guy on. I was just telling him like, let me like look into some things. So then he messages me like two days later and he's like, hey, I dropped the price to this. And I'm like, that's good, man. That's like a much better price for what your car looks like. And he's like, fuck you and this and that. He's like, he's like, I should have beat your ass and all this shit. And I'm like, okay, tough guy. Like, don't come at me just because your car's a piece of shit and you're asking like $3,000 over what it's worth. Like, you're insane. And uh, so I was like, whatever. I didn't even talk talk to that guy anymore. So anyways, so we're driving home and uh, this lady I had messaged earlier that was in Palmdale with an Audi TT writes me back. Like, right when we're, like, pulling in by Avenue S, it was, like, perfect timing. So I'm like, hey, can I come look at it? And she's like, yeah, sure. So we head over there, uh, get to her house, and it's, like, an older lady and her husband, and it's a little black Audi TT, and I get in, and I'm like, dang, this thing's comfortable. Like, starts right up. Uh, it was dark at that point, so I didn't want to, like, drive it. So I was like, okay, well, and she's like, she's all, yeah, we just paid the registration and everything. We just got to go get a smog tomorrow and uh then you can come back down and grab it so i'm like okay cool so like two days go by she messaged me and she goes sorry they ended up going to like the rams uh what game was it i think it was the rams i don't know the first the first game the i, I don't remember what their first divisional game was but they went to the rams game and so they couldn't come that night but then the next night they're like okay we'll be home and i was like okay well i, I like i work tomorrow so I wouldn't be able to come till like Sunday. Cause I was like, so is it cool if I come down right now? And they're like, well, we didn't have a chance to smog it. And I'm like, no worries. I at least want to drive it and stuff and, and see if it's something I want. So I get down there. I, I take it for a test drive with her husband. The thing, it's like, it's super fast. It's a fast ass little car. It's automatic, uh, super clean. They were the second owner. It's full leather, heated seats, everything. Like it's super comfortable. Even for how low it is to the ground, I thought it was going to be rough, but it wasn't rough at all. Like, they hadn't messed with anything. It's completely stock. Uh, the only thing that was messed with or not stock was that they put a stereo in it, like a, a head unit. So I'm like, damn, I'm like, this thing's perfect. And I'm like, in my head while I'm driving with the husband, I'm like, I'm like, I can just offer him, like, offer him, like, five, five, six hundred bucks less. I take care of the smog. And if, you know, if it, ends up being something that I have to get repaired, then I have 500 bucks to do it. If it's not, then, you know, whatever, I take all the risk. So I, when we get back to their house, I'm like, hey, I'll give you this much for it. And they're like, oh, I don't know. And the husband's like, hey, it's up to her, like it's her car. So she counters with $400 less, and I'm like, okay, I could do that. So then I end up getting, buying the thing, taking it off their hands right there, and uh, all good. So I drive home, I go to work the next day. I go to work the whole week. Because I had a, dry, a moving permit to drive it. So I, dro I drove it to work that whole week. So on the first Monday after, I go to get it smogged. And it has some, like, dumb monitor. Like, it passes smog, but it has some dumb, dumb monitor that hasn't set because it needs to drive up to 500 miles. And I'm like, that's the most absurd thing ever. 
so I get on like a Audi uh, like chat room thing and ask questions and these people are like and they all a lot of them just tell me the same thing like oh you got to drive it they're like you got to start it and let it idle for like three minutes and then drive it up to 55 degrees jesus christ what is that you got to drive it up to 55 miles an hour uh for five minutes and then drive it from 55 to 60 miles an hour for 20 miles straight so i'm like jeez man this is gonna take forever so yeah, I, I already went to a smog place again. They said the monitor hadn't set, and I, I didn't do that exactly because there's not really any 20-mile stretch, so I got to still figure that out, but not a big deal. I got 90 days to figure it out. I got a temporary registration, so I'm not too worried about it, and if anything, I'll just replace the catalytic converter, and it should be fine. So, yeah, I got a new car. It's a fun little car. It's fast. It's comfortable. Uh, where I live, it's cold as shit in the morning, so the heated seats are really nice. Uh, I will eventually, I'm eventually going to put a remote start on it and put a, put a new head unit in it with uh, GPS and car, Apple CarPlay and all that fun stuff. So yeah, um, I get to go back to work to 12 hour shifts for the next couple weeks. So that sucks. Uh, I'm going to try to line up a guest for you guys next week. Hopefully he's off on Tuesday. If you're listening, you know who you are and we'll get that lined up. And it's good to be back. I need to get back on schedule and start doing these things. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you go to rationovamen.com and use the code GIF15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Also, Dr. Squatch, if you're listening, you need to give me a, a, a sponsorship because I love your soap. I'm just kidding, guys. Hey. As always, we'll laugh about this tomorrow.